Hello, folks. Dustin Zarni here. Uh, not commissioner in a car again. Uh, it's commissioner in a chair <laughs> because I am uh, still without my car. I, mean, I have a, a part on order and it's uh, coming in. Uh, so we had to go back into the shop. And uh, so I'm back in my home studio here. Hopefully in the next two weeks, I'll be back in the car. But uh, I did want to get this uh, podcast out. Because uh, it's kind of an important time going on right here. And it's not even about this year's election. It's about 2024. Uh, The Onondaga County uh, Legislature and Executive are are in the midst of uh, deciding on the budget for 2024. And, uh, of course, the Onondaga County Board of Elections is a part of that. The, The way budgets work is that the elections commissioners will get together and give their estimates of what they need to spend to uh, operate the department, including running the elections uh, for the upcoming year. That goes to the county executive's office. The county executive uh, then, you know, makes a determination uh, about, you know, what our determinations are and then puts forward a budget to the legislature. And then the legislature then hears from department heads that they choose to bring in and uh, they make adjustments to that budget, either raising or lowering uh, amounts, adding positions, cutting positions, that kind of stuff. And that, and then the budget is finally has a public hearing and is voted on uh, by the legislature and then signed by the executive. Um, so I wanted to let you know that, like, that we actually are in a little bit of a, uh, a problem uh, right now. So my uh, co-commissioner and I, uh, bipartisan staff, put together what we believe we need to spend uh, to cover the three elections that we have next year. We have a presidential primary, uh, April 2nd, and a uh, June primary, which will likely be the congressional primary, and then the general election uh, that will be in November. And in all of those, of course, we need inspectors to uh, field those elections. And... We're having a major disagreement with the county executive's office about how much that's going to cost us uh, for next year. Now, I have to be honest, I'm a little uh, perplexed about why we're in this disagreement, since this is not really about, you know, not really about wishes in the office. We are we also have a disagreement on the number of employees that we need to have, and uh, a lot of other things. But the major disagreement is over the election inspectors. And the county executive's office took the uh, um, take that uh, they would just take what we uh, spent in 2016 and what we spent in 2020 and add 10% to that. It rose 10% between 2016 and 2020, so it should only rise 10% between 20 and 24. Um, And even though we've given our testimony on that and uh, quite a bit of data to show exactly how many inspectors need to be filled, we have uh, sections of election law, election law 3404, which requires us to either field four inspectors for every election district or have an alternative staffing plan, um, which we do in Onondaga County to save Onondaga County money. Um, and and be more efficient as well. Um, whether we, you know, but so we have to field so many inspectors. And even though we've given them that data, they have not talked to us about that data. They have uh, pretty much ignored every meeting request. 
so now it's up to the Onondaga County Legislature to resolve this issue. And it's not a small issue. We are off by over a million dollars for our budget in total. This includes new permanent employees. We are the least staffed uh, permanent employee uh, to voter ratio in the state. Uh, those of you who've been following me know that I've been talking about that my entire time as commissioner. Um, and though we've added staff the last two years, uh, we're still the least staffed by a, by a lot. Um, temporary employees that we always have in a presidential election to deal with the uh, large influx of voter registration forms that we normally get. Uh, in fact, uh, in uh, 2020, we hired 12 of those uh, uh, per, uh, temporary employees, uh, and we're only asking to hire six of those this time uh, because we have added four people and also because uh, we're going to hire them for longer. We're going to hire them for all of the year. Remember, in 2020, uh, COVID shut down our office for a couple of months. Um, and also then, of course, the election inspectors. And there's a lot of differences between 20 and 24. Uh, we have full-day uh, primaries now, so that means the inspectors have to work longer hours. They're, they're being paid minimum wage instead of under minimum wage wages, which was probably illegal uh, before that. Uh, they are IRS employees, so they have hour-long sexual harassments, which makes our training longer. And the grants that used to cover some of this stuff has run out. The federal grants, the state grants that cover some of this stuff has run out. Now it's up to the county to pay for this. And this is not something that is new. We've been paying for this stuff all along. But I I don't understand why we're at this impasse. That doesn't mean, though, that this is not over. I have great faith the Onondaga County Legislature will take up this issue and hopefully uh, address it. Um, and, and they vote on this budget October 10th. However, there is a public hearing on this budget on October 5th uh, at 5.30. That's this Thursday at 5.30. If you want to hear, you know, make your voice heard, you can do it in writing and submit it to uh, Onondaga County uh, Legislature before 3 p.m. that day to be part of the public record. Or you can go to the meeting and speak at the meeting as well. Um, there's, you know, in, I'm not just saying talk about it for the Board of Elections. No, talk about it uh, about every part of that budget. It's your budget. You're a taxpayer. You should uh, <clears throat> be heard on this issue. Um, so... You know, we, again, are about a million dollars short going into a presidential election. That's a that's a lot of money. And um, I wish that the uh, that I was able to convince the executive's office to even meet with us. That has not happened as well. Um, they have just ignored our request to meet, ignored our data. And now it's up to the legislature to uh, fix this. And I hope they will. Um, and I believe they will. But uh, so tomorrow I'll be releasing on my website, um, our uh, testimony. Uh, and uh, you'll be able to read that along with the data that we submitted to the legislature. Uh, this is bipartisan testimony from Commissioner Sargo and myself. And I'll be putting that up on the website early tomorrow morning. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, you can see the issues. Uh, and, you know, the testimony is pretty long because it goes into the exact data and why things need to be. And I'll probably be putting in some testimony at the public hearing, I haven't decided whether I'm going in person or writing uh, a supplemental testimony, uh, a one-pager that uh, will outline all this since they already have that. Um, another thing that's going on right now is Speaker of the House, and my friend David uh, is in the chat talking about that. Um, 
we witnessed an historic day today. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the current Speaker of the House, became the first Speaker in history of the United States to be vacated from the top, from the House. Uh, um, uh, you know, from from the House, he's no longer Speaker of the House. And in fact, at this late breaking hour, one of the reasons I've, I'm doing this a little late is I wanted to see what I could uh, find on you know, what what is going on. And unfortunately, we have no idea because this is kind of unprecedented. But uh, he has decided that he will not um, vote or he will not run again for Speaker of the House. And uh, he is, uh, um, you know, and, and there will be a new Speaker. But we won't know that for a while because after, well, let's talk about what happened today was the Republicans, uh, 10 Republicans uh, filed a motion to vacate the speaker. You may remember when Kevin McCarthy became speaker earlier in the year, it took 15 votes. And one of the things that he had to agree to is that if any one member of Congress uh, decides that uh, they they want to vacate the speaker, they can issue the rules or they can issue the motion and they have to vote on it. A vote was held earlier today to table that motion. Uh, that vote failed uh, because no Democrats and 10 Republicans refused to vote to um, to table the motion. And tabling means you set it aside, you don't actually have a vote. So then they had to have a debate and vote on whether to oust Speaker McCarthy. And Democrats, you know, who have never been in favor of Speaker McCarthy, uh, you know, did not vote to uh, keep him. And the 10 Republicans, I think it ended up being eight Republicans, actually continued to vote against him. And because uh, the, the Republicans only have a five-seat majority, uh, Kevin McCarthy was ousted as the Speaker of the House. Our own Representative Brandon Williams, a Republican, voted to keep Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Um, and that was asked in the chat there by my friend David. But somebody asked why Democrats wouldn't vote to keep Kevin McCarthy and why they sided with uh, some of the more right-wing Repu Republicans. I, I think it's more about not them siding with the right-wings, but whether they can trust Kevin McCarthy uh, as Speaker and whether Kevin McCarthy did any outreach to Democrats hoping uh, to win their support. In fact, this is the same Speaker that started uh, questionable impeachment hearings against Joe Biden in an effort to save his Speakership. Is the same speaker that made a deal with President Biden during the uh, um, during the fu the fund uh, the funding limit uh, debates, and and that deal was about how to keep the government open, and then reneged on that deal, uh, and that's what found us in the government shutdown talks earlier this week. And I think the straw that you know broke the camel's back was really about uh, the uh, the fact that after. The Democrats voted to keep the government open, saving McCarthy uh, and, and America, really. Uh, and McCarthy, you know, you, agreeing to McCarthy's 45-day clean uh, resolution uh, that still goes against the deal he made with Joe Biden later on uh, um, last week. Uh, you know, then he went on the Sunday shows this weekend and just blamed it all on the Democrats. I think that was the final straw. But I, I you know, I think uh, David also put in the chat about January 6th. Um, 
there's still be a lot of distrust from Democrats and Republicans over the January 6th uh, um, uh, insurrection. And Kevin McCarthy on the floor of the House on January after January 6th said that, you know, Trump should resign. He also blamed it on Trump. And then two years later, when he wanted to be speaker, he traveled down to Mar-a-Lago, took pictures with Trump, and endorsed him for president again. And, uh, you know, it, it really kind of brought him back out and has done a lot of things to inhibit the January 6th commission. He, uh, he, you know, he ousted Liz Cheney from leadership because she joined uh, the January 6th committee. He, um, he did a lot of uh, things about giving over the tapes to Tucker Carson. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things about January 6th that Kevin McCarthy did not play straight with the American people. And I think that went to, towards the bad will that he has with the Democrats. And the Democrats weren't going to vote to save him. Now, we don't know what's going to happen next. This is a, a weird moment in time for America, for the House Republicans. Uh, the House Republicans have the majority. This has never happened before. Uh, and we didn't see the 15 votes like we, you know, in American history, like we saw in January. So we have a very chaotic House uh, caucus right now uh, that can't even agree with each other. Um, and they're also part of their disagreement is that, you know, they shouldn't work with Democrats at all. And, uh, and you know, because there is a solution to this. The solution would be a true unity government, uh, a speaker from the moderate wing of the Republican Party that needs Democratic votes to become speaker and a power sharing agreement. That could be a solution, but it doesn't seem like that that is on the table with it for anybody on the Republican side. So instead of actually working through this and giving America, uh, you know, a government, a functioning government, the House Republicans uh, and the pro temp chair went into a private meeting where Kevin McCarthy announced that he wasn't going to run for uh, speaker and decided to take a week off. The House is in recess till next Tuesday. So we have no idea how this is going to go. So probably know what my Commissioner Carr is going to be about next Tuesday as well. Although I would really love to be talking about a good budget and the election uh, as opposed to this other stuff. So, um, I, but I can't not comment on what has happened in the House earlier today. So... That's all I got for Commissioner Nakar uh, this week. Uh, my uh, Zoom with Zarni on Thursday will be the Village of Solve Democratic candidates. Uh, and then my weekly wonk, I'm doing Onondaga County Ledge District 7. Uh, this last week, I'm going to be doing Onondaga County Ledge District 10 this weekend, which is probably the most watched race in the county legislature about whether a, uh, a, house can be, a race can be flipped or not, as it's been the closest race in the last three or four cycles. So stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, of course, you can watch all of this and get all everything you need on DustinZarney.com. And hopefully I'll be back in the car next week, but maybe the week after. <laughs> because uh, because of the UAW strike, um, my parts that I have ordered um, to make my car safe has are not going to arrive uh, uh, in a timely period. And that's okay. I'm very lucky. Uh, I have a great job, and uh, uh, I and thank you, Dave. I could have used your car, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. 
but I have a great job and I have uh, a lot of support structure around me. So waiting a few weeks for my, for my parts because um, brothers and sisters in the UAW are fighting for living and good wages and fair uh, profit sharing, that's a small price to pay. So uh, thank you very much. And I'll see you later on this week. Bye-bye.